0: about to embark on a show about four people who find themselves thrust into the
1: backstories of pop culture history. Join Christopher DeVos, JL Trost, Laura DeVos, and Sabrina Pierre
0: as they poorly impersonate celebrities, drink a lot of beer, and answer very hard trivia questions. You are now listening to Podcast 42. Sometimes
2: day I'm, day I'm day like, day I'm JL Trost. Sometimes
3: it's, I'm JL
1: Trost.
3: Yes.
2: It's... I've
1: never heard you do the second one. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, I am JL Trost. <laughs> it was super
3: different. <laughs>
2: uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. One was more
2: monetized. Except Laura's
1: doesn't say, I'm, and we've got Laura. Hi.
3: No, she did lose the hi. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. tonight. Is surprise you two do not do not know what's going on. So why don't we start with the beer cooler? J L beer cooler, it's cooler than you think.
0: J L beer. Cooler.
1: Hey.
2: Okay. let <laughs> would you get that cool?
3: JL, what'd you bring?
2: I brought from Goose Island, Solo. It's a nice 98 calorie IPA. I like to call it a diet IPA. They will call it a low-cal IPA. Well, I'm going to give the label
3: a one because there's basically no label. This is how all their stuff looks now. I know. I don't
1: I, I don't know, it's like just a it. Goose on I there.
2: don't get it. It's very plain. Well, they do the Chicago up here. Yeah, they've always had the four star Chicago.
1: Yeah, and they got a goose.
2: But the goose has become—it's like I get it's their logo, but all their stuffs become very bland. I think they're going for a more modern feel,
3: minimalist. Yeah, but
2: mm-hmm. I—I'm I, in... not digging the new labels and all that. I no. like how it's just like they're trying to like have it so like you buy stuff based upon color is what I'm starting to think. Yeah. Where it's like oh look, it's like a white and blue can. It's got to be the solo. Oh, it's green. It's their normal IPA. Black and yellow. The three one two. Um, I'm not
0: I, digging I, the entire no. thing.
3: It's like uh, you know, buying an album. You need the, uh, you need the artwork. You need I it to know. pop. Weezer's had the same album cover like
2: eight times now. Yeah, but they just changed the color. They started with.
3: I mean, blue. they started at the tail end of the CDs, and the everything's digital now, so you really don't need that. You don't need that popping. I don't album care. I cover. still think a good
2: album cover, like having a good popping album cover, because vinyl's starting to come back a little bit. Like more people are
3: starting to buy vinyls, so it's good to have an al- good album cover. I don't yeah. see that coming back. Back, I, just, I think no, this is going to be a but. Fad. I think
2: for collectors, it's still good to have a good
3: album cover because
2: if I were to buy one, it's like, oh, look at this cover. I'd love to have it.
3: Well, we can talk that all night, but we should probably get into Fan Fiction Theater, (laughs) Volume 3. Now, just a little word of warning. Our fan fiction theaters aren't always family-friendly. So, if you're driving in your car and you got the kids thinking you can listen to some Podcast 42... Uh, you may have to Listen wait. Listen to a different episode. <laughs> Choose uh, a different episode.
1: Probably not the one with the penis sock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't so bad. Penis uh-huh. was said a lot, but really yeah.
1: it, it, it wasn't yeah. too
3: terrible. It could have gone really bad. was I mean, only the really one peppers. masturbation joke in there. <laughs> I could have made it much worse. Now, yes. we're down Laura. She's off to sea. And Come
2: sail away. Come sail away.
3: JL and Sabrina have not had the opportunity to see these scripts ahead of time. So this will be completely off the cuff.
1: Going in blind.
3: You may have your scripts now.
2: In my defense, I typically go in blind every episode unless I've actually helped write it.
1: Why are there holes on the wrong side?
3: I I don't know. That's the way the printer did it. (laughs) All right. Let's get into this because we got a lot of them.
1: Yeah, we do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> our first piece of With fan... A manuscript.
0: <laughs> I know.
3: Oh, I should also say that these are taken from the internet, written by real people. We did not write these ourselves. This is taken from fanfiction websites like fanfic.com. So our first one is called a Hogwarts...
2: You can't highlight while we're in the middle of a show. I'm
1: not.
3: Then why are you pulling out a bunch of markers?
1: Because... I do what I want!
3: Okay. First piece of fan fiction theater. You do you realize you're like, you got the first part, right? I know. Okay, here we go. Okay.
1: I'm not highlighting these, I'm just highlighting these. I'm
3: going to say the name now, and we're going to start A Hogwarts Love Story by Lyris Malchi.
1: Hogwarts sighed and echoed within his empty halls. The students had all left for the summer, and he had felt empty and useless. Hagrid was often around, but he was usually too focused on bizarre animals to fulfill the needs of Hogwarts. Professors would pop in occasionally, but being a magic school, Hogwarts didn't need much upkeeping. The little he did need was taken care of by Filch.
2: The giant squid saw how miserable Hogwarts was. It was true that he also missed the students, but for an entirely different reason. He missed their terrified screams as he revealed himself rising from the murky depths of the lake. His huge eyes stared mournfully at his very large tentacles. At one time, he had dreams of being an actor. The larger he grew, the fewer agents and scouts would come calling until they finally stopped altogether, There wasn't much in the market for a squid that would split a schoolgirl from stem to stern. <laughs> he stared at his tentacles as they moved gently in the current. Schoolgirls were out. A plan formed in his mind and he swam to the surface, hesitating momentarily before pulling himself from the water. It ran off his rubbery skin in rivulets as he made his way across the grounds. No humans were around to witness the incredible trek, and no human would believe his eyes had he been a witness.
1: Hogwarts watched the giant squid approach and felt apprehension well up in his kitchen. What are you doing? The words weren't spoken, but they were understood.
2: Just trust me, the giant squid replied caressing Hogwarts' outer walls.
0: (laughs) I'm not ready!
1: (laughs) Hogwarts exclaimed, trying to push the giant squid away with his magic.
2: Hogwarts, you're lonely. I'm lonely. We don't have to be. Besides, you can't go around manipulating your staircases.
0: You know
1: about that?
2: Everyone does. Sort of.
1: That's besides the point. I've never... The temperature within rose in embarrassment.
2: I'll go slow, (laughs) I promise. He began to caress a window, teasing it open.
1: Hogwarts sighed, the fight leaving him. He relaxed, allowing the tentacle inside (laughs) where it brushed against the inner walls before settling on the stone floor.
2: He fastened the suction cups to the floor. Lifting the tentacle away so that it pulled on the floor without losing its grip.
1: Another sigh swept through the halls of Hogwarts. Oh, Merlin, that feels so good. His rapture turned to fright as he felt a tentacle work its way into his second window. I don't...
2: Trust me, it'll feel good. Remember this. He pulled the suction cups a little harder, and Hogwarts groaned.
1: Do that again.
2: The giant squid complied, and as he did so thrust his second tentacle in
1: hogwarts shuddered coming very close to ending the fun
2: the giant squid backed off unwilling to finish so soon he waited for hogwarts to calm down before sending the second tentacle to search the room he felt the need to fill hogwarts as much as possible and he raised another tentacle caressing his outer walls running along windowsills and tracing individual bricks
1: so caught up in the bliss hogwarts didn't notice the giant squid lip in a third and fourth tentacle this is incredible hogwarts breathed
2: this isn't even the best part he held up his two longest tentacles these can reach farther than a room they can go into your hallways
1: i want them in me
2: are you sure they're quite large
1: apprehension rolled through his kitchen again
2: While he was deciding, the giant squid forced another tentacle in. You have three tentacles left to decide.
1: What happens if I don't?
2: In response, the giant squid slid a sixth into another window. Two, he said simply and with a hint of warning.
1: Hogwarts could take them all. He knew he could. But what would the other wizarding schools think? Would Bobattons allow a giant squid to violate her? Certainly not. If... Dermstrang ever found out there'd be no end of teasing
2: the giant squid grew impatient and slid a seventh tentacle into a window (laughs) followed immediately by an eighth two one time's up and you didn't decide
1: what but that's
2: not fair it's a simple answer yes or no now i'll have to punish you And with that, he struck Hogwarts square on the outer wall with a paddle-like tentacle.
1: Hogwarts yelped and tried to squirm away, but the tentacles and his foundation held firm.
2: The giant squid struck him with the other. Again and again he spanked the naughty wizarding school until he sobbed for the giant squid to stop. And still he spanked. The giant squid finally stopped.
1: Hogwarts didn't have time for a reprieve.
2: Before the giant squid forced his extra-long, spanking tentacles into two separate windows? They slid through the room and forced the door open.
1: The pain only adding to Hogwarts pleasure.
2: Tentacles were in the halls now, massaging long stone tunnels. This was incredible, this giant squid thought he really should have done this ages ago. Every tentacle was in a different window. No schoolgirl, no matter how many movies she made, could hold all ten tentacles at once. Each one moved differently and with a different pace.
1: Driving Hogwarts crazy with the inability to match his speed.
2: He felt that familiar feeling and doubled his efforts.
1: Ink exploded all over Hogwarts some finding its way into the windows. He
2: unified his tentacles, somewhat completely focused on Hogwarts. He must be close.
1: Then it happened. Water shot, shot out of faucets, toilets overflowed, and bread set in ovens to keep warm by thoughtful house elves exploded. Hogwitch, Hogwarts shook violently in his foundations.
2: Rousing Filch from bed and sending house elves and Mrs. Norris scrambling for cover. Even Hagrid heard the groan of stone and came running. They searched around the castle and through the castle, but found no sign of intruders. Most perplexing was the sticky ink on one side of the castle. Hagrid peered through the dark toward the lake, but was unable to see the ripples left in the wake of the giant squid.
1: The giant squid slipped beneath the waves wanting to grin even though his beak was incapable. He anticipated a very short summer before the professors and students returned, so he had better make the most of it.
3: There you go, building sex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God!
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've
1: never felt more dirty in my life. (laughs) Oh, wait. Oh God!
3: (laughs) That was the most tame.
1: Oh my goodness.
3: Oh, I also need to add, in case this is your first fan fiction theater, We do not correct the uh, spelling errors or the grammatical errors. Nope. So as we go through this, we'll be reading them as they are written.
1: Sabrina, is this
2: your first fan fiction?
1: This is my second.
3: Okay, I thought you did
2: one before this. Yeah. Love fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know what else I love? This beer. But that's for another time. It's
1: only 3%.
2: It's not bad so far. All right, you're right. We only are three percent done with this episode. Hey.
3: This is a big one.
1: Oh boy, yeah. that's what G- that's what says. that's what Hogwarts said.
0: What... <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. This one's simply called Garfield, as by Shakespeare Hemingway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Couldn't get a more diverse crowd if you
3: <laughs> <God. laughs> Joaquin Phoenix was in his Hollywood. Actor Mansion reading script for Joker. He was getting ready to finish his latest scene and needed to memorize all lines. Still, he thought of what parts and wonders he would weave with the, his needles of acting next. He decided to look through more scripts for next project. The dancing men who sing in my head demand I look for more roles, said Joaquin Phoenix as he gripped scripts. He looked in mirror and screamed for three minutes. When his morning scream was over, he shoveled through more scripts like snowplow and garbage dump. He flung trash scripts around room like hyena gone to insanity. Then his finger felt sensation. It was full of manliness and vigor. He felt strength fill his arm, yet it burned flesh like fire. He picked up script that shocked him with jolts of wisdom. It shined like newborn sun. It smelled like first rose of June. It felt like cooked eel. He looked upon script of majesty and saw in writing that was majestic like royal yet rugged like rock farmer. It read Garfield. He opened script and words poured into his eyeballs like liquid wine. It was story like no other, filled with adventure of untold might, sexy ladies, and lasagna of beauty. He knew what he needed. He needed to play the role none other played. He had to play Garfield. Joaquin Phoenix then went to Upside Down Room, where he hung on bars, and recited his name backwards. Afterwards, he grabbed phone and called agent. Listen, you! The song of silence
1: was sung to me this day and told me the role I needed! Yes, Mr. Joaquin Phoenix, that makes sense,
3: said the agent with agreement. I am to be Garfield.
1: What? You are gone to crazy
3: town. This world is built on pillars of madness. I am only sane man left. Listen to my voice and hear its words. That script is for no man. Forget it. Forget Garfield. But I I cannot forget. His
1: image is seared in eye of my mind. It bleeds for what I am not. Stop this. This road is to madness and death. Focus on Joker. It will be good movie that makes money and gets good reviews.
3: To Garfield, Joker's duck, trapped in mud who quacks, but the quacks are not heard even by the trees.
1: There is only one Garfield. Leave these thoughts in trash and be done with it.
3: Joaquin Phoenix hung up and then stewed in regrets like turkey and gravy. Joaquin Phoenix went to his bedroom. Each wall was giant picture of different stage of life cycle of butterfly. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix stared at wall that was larvae. And touched picture with feeling fingertips. <laughs> he then wrapped himself in cocoon of sheets and slept into slumber dreams. There he dreamt what he could not want not be: clouds shaped like the man, formed with orange fire, and pleasured ladies. While Joaquin Phoenix could only watch in envy despair. Joaquin Phoenix woke, looked up at ceiling, which was funhouse mirror. <laughs> He went to his dream journal under last entry, which said, All light comes from orbs behind our eyes. Then what is the sun? He writes, My tongue is beast that tastes fire and lasagna. While King Phoenix then did morning routine of putting on Depeche Mode, Dr. Strangelove, Strangelove, at max volume, and singing along for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I do. (laughs) He then got dressed and went to set for acting. He went to set to meet castmates. while Joaquin Phoenix was talking to Sexy Co-Star and Hot and Sexy Script Girl. He puffed up his chest and imagined what Garfield would say in the moment. <laughs> hey there, sassy babes. You get my gears oiled up. Oh, you are pig, said Sexy Co-Star with shunning.
1: Yeah, what loser, man? Go back to first grade.
3: Said hot and sexy script girl (laughs) with mockery. Then, with suddenness of a dove flying from the east in the morning light, a revving of engine was heard. Riding like the man was an orange figure of radiant masculinity. Masculinity.
0: (laughs) Masculinity.
3: I can't tell if that's written wrong or if I'm saying it wrong. Riding a custom (laughs) Harley Davidson motorcycle with smoking lasagna cigarettes.
2: heard there was casting call and that there were sexy ladies that needed to get
3: their roles filled, said the orange figure of Olympian manhood.
1: Garfield!
2: That's right, Hot Pockets. I'm here to make you scream your lines and direct you in ways you never felt.
1: Oh, Garfield, you are man mountain I want to climb, but dare not try.
2: I am Sherpa of love. I will guide your lips and hips to where they are needing to be. <laughs> I am using that pickup line.
0: <laughs>
3: Garfield says, snapping his fingers with manpower. At Garfield's snapping command, fine ladies undressing, tearing off clothes and passionate moments. Garfield then snapped his fingers again and Stage Hands brought out king size bed for the man.
1: Garfield here is our best bed. Please enjoy it and pleasure ladies with it,
3: said the Stage Hands with humbleness.
2: I break this bed before night is through. No bed can handle power of my thrust.
0: <laughs> I'm not using that
3: line. <laughs> The ladies went to bed and lied down in poses of seduction, glistening with nakedness. <laughs> they licked their lips like hungry pussy cats.
2: Okay, kitty cats. I see your lady holes
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know it's good if I can't say it. Okay, kitty cats. I see your lady holes our desserts. Nope. Nope, you're check right. that again. Let me check this <laughs> again.
1: <laughs>
2: this isn't me screwing up. Nope. <laughs> it's written wrong. <laughs> no,
1: it'll, it'll make more sense once you get to the next sentence. <laughs>
2: okay, kitty cats, I see your lady holes are deserts. I will flood them with liquid love and turn <laughs> them into oceans.
3: Garfield went to bed and leaped on ladies, unlike grasshopper on fresh meat. <laughs> He licked supple bodies, with serpent tongue pleasuring their outsides and insides. Ladies moaned with pleasure.
2: Time to explode you inside out. (laughs) I carry TNT in my pants and my fuse is ready to go.
1: Explode us, Garfield. Explode us with your man bomb.
3: Garfield unbuckled his stylish blue jeans and tossed them to the floor. He launched his orange javelin at ladies, scoring a bonanza. The director then walked in and saw the love makings. This is a work of art. I will film this and show to the world and win Oscars, said director with excitement as he took out big film camera and started recording.
0: Action, action, action,
3: cried out director with furious joy as he watched Garfield through lens pleasure in ladies with power bulldozer and expertise of sculptor. Joaquin Phoenix watched on as well with awe, impressment, and terror. He scratched at eyes and rolled around on ground, grabbing mud and smothering himself with it. He screamed and squealed as he heard Garfield's lady pleasuring. He stood and staggered out like drunk rodents, squeaking in terror. No one cared. Joaquin Phoenix ran into a street that was empty. He ran around and around in search for something which he knew not. His mind was filled with painful confusion. Then he finally found open store. 24-7 convenience store with selling intent.
0: <laughs> Joaquin
3: Phoenix calmed himself with breathless breathes, and entered store. Aisles upon rows were filled with items for selling, but none sold power to erase memories. He walked down aisles to counter where cute girl Beauty sat. She had curly blonde hair, and her name was Rose Jane. Hello, Rosie Jane. You're looking mighty fine beautiful today. Whatever. Perhaps you'd care to give me a pack of cigarettes and a date.
1: Whatever.
3: Rosie Jane threw a pack of cigarettes at him. Then with suddenness of iceberg at equator, there was a sound of rocking music. Outside Garfield in Red Corvette, rocking out to Big City Nights by Scorpions. He was wearing (laughs) avatar shades. He stepped off custom Harley Davidson motorcycle and marched into store. He walked down frozen food section and ice cream melted in presence of his manly aura. He went to counter like man who knew counters his whole life and did not care. He leaped on counter with cool elbow and gave Rosie Jane wink and nod. Hey there bunny slippers, I want to slide you on. (laughs) Rosie Jane blushed with cheeks and found that massive molecule of manhood that (laughs) rippled in front of her eyes like lake of fire.
1: Are you the Garfield?
3: You
2: know it, Tootsie Pops. I got a friend in my
3: pants, and he needs mouth to mouth. (laughs) Garfield unzipped his black, silk, shimmering pants.
1: Friend of yours is a friend of mine.
3: First thing is first, get me lasagna. Rose Jane nodded and ran to the lasagna section. When she returned, 7-Eleven has a lasagna section. When she returned, she bought, brought with her a wagon of lasagna.
2: Now spread lasagna on counter.
3: Rosie Jane obeyed and spread slimy red blobs of lasagna on the counter. Soon counter was covered with sweet stench of lasagna. Joaquin Phoenix's nose and lips were wet with hunger at lasagna he could never have. That is more like it. Now get naked and dance on lasagna. Rosie Jane obeyed and took off clothes, revealing a hot, tight body like Mako Shark. <laughs> 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 she, oh. <laughs> she rolled around sexually uncountered like sexy crocodile, pulling down antelope and tearing it apart in lasagna swamp.
2: Yeah, baby, that's what I'm lacking. My desire dragon is hungry, and you are next course.
1: Eat me alive, Garfield. Pour love over me and lick me.
3: Garfield jumped on Rosie Jane like flea on dog, <laughs> and squeezed firm body, grabbing her hands. They rolled around, swishing, and sw- swishing and swooning on soft red lasagna, covering each other with slimy red goodness. Their bodies were damp like frogs covered in fresh blood. <laughs> Soft squishing sounds came from them as they mushed bodies together like lovings. While King Phoenix stared at sight of majesty and wept. He put hands to face and wept like man who knew nothing but tears. He wept more, and then he screamed, and then he laughed. He covered eyes with hands, but through hands he still saw Garfield love Rosie Jane like volcano loves the earth. Joaquin Phoenix crawled away in desperation like slug. He crawled into toothbrush aisle. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, I'm interrupting the story because as we were recording it, we realized that wow, this one is super long. So what we decided to do is if you're not digging Garfield and Joaquin Phoenix's sex capades, that we would stop it here and then We'll continue it after the end of the credits, so if you like it, stay tuned till the end of the credits of the show, and if you don't like it, we're moving on.
0: (laughs)
1: Oh my god. I've never been more... I thought you said it was a
3: short story. No, I said that was a long story.
1: I've never been more turned off by lasagna than...
2: But what if it's vegetable lasagna? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's true. I'd be down for that. All right. (laughs) Is it (laughs) dairy-free? Probably not. All
3: right. Moving on.
0: Yeah. This is the
3: one game that Sabrina's good at. Pong? Yes. This is called Pong's Problem, and it's by... YOSHIZILLA RIDELSORUS. That's probably correct. (laughs) The white colored Pong Ball sighed of boredom as she continued going back and forth between the left and right white paddles. The screen was black, with the Pong Ball and Pong paddles being the only speck of color
1: around back and forth back and forth oh this is boring i wish something unusual and awkward happened to me
3: suddenly the pong ball stopped bouncing floating above the dark abyss below the pong ball suddenly began shaking violently letting out a cute little poot
1: that
3: <laughs> cute little poot
1: yeah.
3: you don't know what a poot is
1: <laughs> well well I guess, yeah. oh is that what that is yeah.
3: The paddles noticed as they moved up and down faster, chuckling. "'Well, look who broke up the silence!' The left paddle joked as he laughed. The right paddle scoffed the Pong Ball. "'Such a young lass like you, breaking the wind (laughs) in in a quiet area is quite naughty.' The Pong Ball growled as she shook.
0: "'Hey!
1: I didn't do it intentionally!' It was a coincidence that it was something other than the thing that we all do for all eternity.
3: She farted again, the flatulence being much louder and sounding like a deep-pitched tuba. That coincidence of yours is starting to grow. The Pong Ball (laughs) pushed against the left paddle, only to ricochet towards the right paddle. The Pong Ball farted right on the right paddle, causing the right paddle to panic as she shook it violently. Oh, sweet, merciful Atari. (laughs) It got on me.
0: Wait, I
1: I didn't mean to do it right on you.
3: You should have turned left on Albuquerque. (laughs) The right paddle suddenly exploded. The left paddle gasped, backing away from the pong ball.
2: Now, hold on, Bolly. We can have a civilized conversation about this.
1: You know what? You're right.
3: She then hurled right towards the left paddle, farting right on him as as he then exploded. (laughs) The Pong Ball sighed as she was all alone.
1: Well, at least these two jerky paddles are gone.
3: She looked around, moving up and down slowly as a means of shrugging.
1: Well... At least I can awkwardly fart to my heart's content.
3: And so she did. <laughs> Always violently shaking as she farted loudly. Her flatulence being the only sound in the deep, dark abyss of nothing. <laughs> Let's this be a lesson to everyone. The end.
1: That, that may be my favorite so far.
3: Well, it wasn't as long as Garfield. <laughs> did it speak to you? Coincidence?
1: It did. It did.
3: I think not.
1: I think not.
3: This next one's called "I Hate Snuggie," and it's a commercial by we don't know who wrote this.
0: Ah,
1: why is it so hard for me to pull on a stupid blanket?
2: Because it doesn't have sleeves.
1: What does that have to do with it? And why is everything gray? Be quiet. We're filming. Hurrah! I got the blanket on!
3: Ugh! A Snuggie magically appears.
1: OMG! I can use my hands! And the world has color again!
3: The woman walks across the floor to pour coffee, and her Snuggie makes her trip.
1: Ugh! Curse you, Snuggy! No, no! The viewers have to believe that the Snuggy is good! But we'll get sued! Moving on! Hey, how do we get to this football game? To the wave! I wore a blanket to a football game, and they're filming this! How much are you paying me? A
2: lifetime supply of Snuggies! Oh! We transports to a campfire!
1: I'm still warm! Wait, I'm really warm! Uh-oh, this giant sleeve picked up
0: the fire!
3: The woman runs away screaming. This is a
1: disaster!
3: Wait, I've got an idea. I'll include a free book light. Oh, uh, yo, I is eating popcorn. In a blanket. Woo! Similar products sell for huge prices. There are
1: similar products? Now you can get to Snuggie for just $19.95. I'm getting out of here.
3: The woman pulls off Flaming Snuggie. World becomes black and white again.
1: I'll take it.
3: The end. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our best one. <laughs>
1: not going to lie, I was, I was happy with it.
3: <laughs> You're okay with that one? Yeah,
1: I'm okay with that one. <laughs>
3: This next one's called Naked Robber, and it's a Clerks fan fiction by Spam Anderson.
0: <laughs>
1: huh. Steve Dave stretched with a little noise as the morning sunlight shone, gliding gently over the soft, pale curves of Walt's ass. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Walt, get your pants back on. What? Walt! My mom is going to have a cow if she sees you in here. Dude! Steve Dave shuddered slightly at the thoughts of the previous night.
2: That's the last time I chucked 37 cans of Mountain Dew in one night during
3: a Twilight Zone marathon. Steve Dave, what are you talking about? What's wrong with two men in their mid-twenties sleeping naked with each other?
1: Walt tilted his head a bit as he scratched his ass. The sunlight shone nearly through the lightly matted hairs on his bare legs giving a golden brown glow to each strand. Steve Dave was silent in thought and confusion for a while. Then he opened his mouth. Was said nothing for a few minutes. Um,
2: Walt, I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But mothers don't like to see naked men
3: in each other's rooms. Okay, Steve Dave, you're so smart. You're a genius.
0: Damn right, Walt, my man!
3: So, so are you shaggy? Yes!
0: <laughs> and I know why!
1: <laughs> Steve Dave took his proud of himself stance and patted Walt on the back lightly. Now put on some clothes!
3: But why? Put on some clothes! I don't want to! Put on clothes! But it's
1: too hot in your room! Get clothing on your body! But, uh... Clothes! Cover your arms. Get Dave sighed and rolled his eyes. Then a brilliant idea struck him. Oh, Walt, I'm going to go to Dave's comics. As soon as you put on clothes, you can come with me. Before he finished what he was saying, Walt was standing right next to him with a robe flung loosely around his body. A robe is clothing, right? Not really. They both stood there for a moment. So, I guess you don't want to come with me, do you, Walt? No, 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 I want to, I want to... He pouted and bounced up and down like a child. The robe fell down, and he continued to bounce, in all sense of the word. Steve Dave's eyes followed the bouncing <laughs> movement of Walt's anatomy. Oh, uh, stop it, Walt!
0: <laughs>
1: Walt stopped suddenly, now on his knees, looking up at Steve Dave with tiny puppy dog eyes he battled he batted his eyelashes childlessly please take me with you
0: steve dave please
3: put on
1: clothes okay but i'm wearing my spider-man underoos on the outside um, okay so after a long fight spidey was again on top of walt's pants the end
3: Uh, 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 I I did not see that twist coming. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Moving on. Oh,
1: my goodness. This
2: next one is called uh, Thor's God Rambo by Bazooka Goblin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's
3: what I'm naming my next kid.
0: Sometimes
3: You get the
2: boots out there. You know, toys out there. And swiping no swiping,
1: I said Gimme the backpack boots. I, I I don't have it. It was a simple bet. A simple bet! I want that backpack. Okay, here. Backpack, backpack. Load it up to... Shut up!
3: Give me the Magnum!
1: Okay, jeez, Dora. <laughs> here is the gun. Now, to finish this.
2: One week later...
0: Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god, I, I wasn't drinking anymore! I never can't drink either!
3: You don't like my troll?
2: Oh no, I love it. I just. I hate not having the script
3: beforehand. Yes. You know what I mean? I didn't realize it came up that fast.
0: <laughs>
3: oh shit! <laughs> Dora's gone mad! <laughs>
2: The grumpy old troll was napping under the bridge when he got the newspaper. She killed
1: Boots. Hey anybody home?
3: I'm the grumpy old troll. Who lives? Oh shoot
2: <laughs> There she was, Dora. She was wearing an army jacket fit with ten grenades, a magnum and a sniper rifle strapped to her back. She had a red bandana on her head. And she holding an AK forty seven.
1: This is for stomping. For... <laughs> This is for stopping me on my little adventures.
2: The next day at the Big Red Hen's house, wait a minute, the next day at the Big Red Hen's clubhouse, hey everybody, it's party time, (laughs) cluck (laughs) cluck! Him, Chico, Issa, and Benny were partying in the clubhouse. Oh yeah, woohoo, where's pizza? Dora was outside just to a grenade when...
0: Hello? Pizza! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bodies went everywhere, then, thud! The big red head's dead body slammed into Dora, killing her instantly. The end.
3: <laughs>
2: oh
0: my god. Oh. Clock clock. Oh my god.
3: That's my new ringtone.
0: <laughs> clock clock
3: Yeah I was saying clock clock.
0: Oh my god <laughs>
3: All right, Sabrina, what's this next one? Oh my god, <laughs> seriously.
1: The next one is what if Frosty the Snowman joined the NASCAR circuit teamed with Dale Earnhardt Jr. By
0: Bill Burr 44.
2: <laughs> a returning Dale Jarrett, Boba Fett, and a raggedy AM Dow to take down the evil triumvirate of Tony Stewart, the stick figure from the bathroom signs, and the bird from the Cocoa Puss Box. A flashback to the Homestead Miami Speedway race. The last race of the last year. Where we hear Daryl Waltrip say... "Fire!" fire
3: <laughs> on the track <laughs> Bubba Fett flipped his car's on fire get him out of there Raggedy Ann had already been knocked out of the race after the Cocoa Puff Bird knocked her into the divider by Pit Row Dale Jarrett had fallen asleep at the wheel did not start the race and promptly got rear ended Dale Earnhardt Jr. was right in front providing draft for Frosty the Snowman The stick figure guy from the bathroom signs was doing the same for Tony Stewart. They came around the last corner head to head. Tony Stewart broke first. He shot right around the stick figure from the bathroom sign. Frosty followed suit and shot left after Daryl Earnhardt Jr. It all led to this. It's down to the end. neck and neck. The finish line was 100 yards away. Tony Stewart veered left into Frosty the snowman and that was it. Tony Stewart has won again. His team joined him on the podium. He, the stick figure from the bathroom (laughs) side, and the bird from Cocoa Puff's box, shot champagne into the crowd. One of the corks hit a fan in the audience. It was a dark day for racing.
1: And it won't happen again. Or my name isn't Frosty.
2: Something on your mind.
1: Boba Fett, I still can't get that race out of my mind, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm out
3: of redneck
1: voices.
3: (laughs) Of course, not. The season just ended two months ago because the NASCAR lasts longer than most major wars now. (laughs) My name isn't Dale Earnhardt Jr.
1: I never told you guys this, but that girl that hit with the cork... Was my mom. She was a severe eye contusion. We aren't sure if she'll ever see again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can't read it.
1: <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> couldn't you just find a new piece of coal? And couldn't you find another Raggedy Andy? Raggedy Annie? Oh wait, you can't. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I'm just on edge because the Daytona race is coming up. (laughs) I know. I've got this deal, Jarrett. Thanks for your input.
3: We'll have like 20 minutes before the race starts. Hands in, everybody. On three. Protagonists.
0: One, two, three... Protagonist! Protagonist.
1: The end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. I think that's what that was supposed to be. What? You put JL as JL instead of Dale Jarrett.
3: Oh, no, you're Dale
1: Jarrett.
3: (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) Oh, boy. Alright, this next one is based on the Half-Life video game. Never played it. I don't
2: know.
0: That's a great
3: game. Part three should be coming out uh, any day now. It's only been 25 years.
2: Oh, so it's like Duke Nukem waiting
0: forever for a new game.
3: This one's called Half-Life, Full Life, Consequences by
1: Squirrel King. (laughs) John Freeman, who was Gordon Freeman's brother, was one day in an office typing on a computer. He got an email from his brother that said that aliens and monsters were attacking his place and asked him for help, so he went. John Freeman got his computer shut down and went on the platform to go up to the roof of the building where he left his motorcycle and normal people close because he was in his office lab coat. John Freeman got got on his motorcycle and said...
2: (laughs) It's time for me to live up to my family name and face full-life consequences.
1: So he had to go. John Freeman ramped up uh, ramped off the building and did a backflip and landed. He kept driving down the road and made sure there was no zombies around because he didn't because he didn't have weapon. Country. The countrysides were so were nice and the plants were so Singing in the birds and the sun was almost down from the top of the sky. The mood was set for John Freeman's quest to help his brother where he was. John Freeman looked around the countryside and said,
2: It's a good day to do what has to be done by me and help my brother to defeat the enemies.
1: John Freeman was late, so he had to drive really fast. A cop car was hidden nearby, so when John Freeman went by the cops, he came and wanted to give him a ticket here john freeman saw the first monster because the cop was possessed and he had head crabs
2: i can't give you my license officer
1: uh why not
2: because you are a head crab zombie
1: so john freeman shot the officer in the head and drove off thinking
2: my brother is in trouble there
1: he went faster John Freeman had to go faster like the speed of sound and got there fast because Gordon needed him where he was. John Freeman looked at road signs and saw Ravenholm with someone, someone's riding under it saying, You shouldn't come here. So John Freeman almost turned around but heard screaming like Gordon, so he went faster again. John Freeman drove in and did another flip and jumped off his by a motorbike and the motorbike took out some head crab zombies in front of John Freeman. <laughs> John Freeman every <laughs> John Freeman smiled <laughs> and walked fast. John Freeman then looked on the ground and found weapons, so he picked it up and fired fast at zombie ghosts. Go ass <laughs> in front of a house.
2: Zombie Go ass, leave this place. <laughs> And the zombie go said,
1: <laughs> <laughs> But this is our house. John Freeman <laughs> felt sorry for them because, be, because they couldn't live there anymore because they were zombie go So he blew up the house and killed the zombie go-ass as they were at peace. Then John Freeman <laughs> heard a heard another scream from his brother, so he kept walking really faster to get where he was. <laughs> Raven Holm was nothing more like the countrysides where there were no birds singing and the pants were dead, <laughs> and Todd Dirt was messy and bloody from headcrabs. When John Freeman got to where the screaming was started, from he found his brother Gordon Freeman fighting Gordon Gordon Freeman fighting the final boss and Gordon said John Freeman over here so John Freeman went there to where Gordon Freeman was fighting John Freeman fired his bullet from tug gun really fast and the bullets went and shot the final boss in the eyes and the final boss couldn't see it's time to end this, once and for all. Gordon punched the final boss in the face, and the final boss fell.
3: Thanks, I could help, bro. You should come here earlier next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look out, bro!
1: He pointed up to the top of the sky. No! John Freeman, run out of here fast as you can! John Freeman walked real fast out. John Freeman locked back and saw Gordon get stepped on by the next boss, and he was mad and angry.
2: I'll get you back, evil boss.
1: John Freeman yelled at the top of lungs, to be continued. Question mark, the end. Oh
3: no, we'll never know the answers. No! FINAL BOSS! <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else picture Will
2: Arnett as Batman doing that?
0: Oh, my God. Because yeah. I
2: totally did there.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, this next one could have possibly been written by a two-year-old.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know.
3: Sometimes I think the two-year-olds can do better.
2: I
0: probably All right, we'll try like... to
3: read the title.
2: I'm <laughs> going
1: <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> By Sue Mary. Mm.
3: Chapter one. Gun <laughs> gust. Gun and goest.
1: <laughs> Gun and goest.
3: <laughs> Sham. I just think you should not go in there. She was a. In the pulla For fixing repairs.
1: Oh, it's okay. I know what to do. Sam was in a fixing. Witten. She accidentally pushed, pushed, button.
3: Sam, <laughs> look out! Who are in te ghost portals? And was <laughs> too late and got stucked in. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's written in German. <laughs> <laughs> She got power up. <laughs> now Sam was a half a and had to fight. Wham went to safe Savetti Te World with Dammy, cause she has two, and Tehi <laughs> search for gas to combat with. Now be careful, since you do not understand your powers yet. Danny tried to caution Sam, but she was want to ooze powwows now. Oh no, a Gatos dinosaur. Sma went to safety the day.
1: I get Tish one.
3: So Danny hung back to let... Now maybe it was written by someone in Asia. So Danny hung back to let Sam do it. She had to ghost plast the dinosaur, but it lost enough, so did again, only this time she won.
0: <laughs> Do
3: job, Sham! Danny Harry. <laughs> oh, and Harry.
1: ONG! It is a new Hefla!
3: I'm a Stam Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> And day all sheared for her Butui <laughs> Tanings was not Safya. Yeah. Oh that's weird. <laughs> Tang nest day Sam goot up and ready for mur ghost fight. Godmaron say Sabam! you must combat Dra Sam looked at her front of her and see Dracula. Dracula was a, a taking the place. Sam flew to it, a kick did. Dracula blow up, ballooting to crush and girl. Dracula did of empire, bit to hunt mizzled, but distorted. Tay place instead.
1: No! I am run out of. Things uh, to fight with,
3: and he did. Dracula did a Toronto spin to hat a oh, moose, <laughs> broken Sam neck, but she dog doggied it.
2: You have lonely power. I have big
3: power. <laughs> 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 Dracula was whining, <laughs> and Slam needed to douse something fast. I'm a not real, Dracula. I'm his lord.
0: <laughs> I'm his lord. <laughs> <laughs>
3: was shocking development. Punch. <laughs> commanded Sam as she punched Hitler Dracula so hard him body turned to dust.
1: Oh dear lord. To <laughs> is a just end.
3: Chapter two. Oh god. Cancer problemums. After Dracula fight Sambib was a sad Cause she got this, the cancer.
1: <laughs> Ooh, mutts go to hospital pound sign exclamation point pound sign. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> I showed my age there with that, did Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Old people say pound sign.
1: Ooh, no. mutts go to hospital hashtag exclamation point hashtag.
3: Too late, not getting edited out. <laughs> 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 the battery flowed, hurry their furor operation. Doctor taken the cancer out. It had taken a goose power, power, too. Sure, lost your powers, Sam, it said.
1: Oh, it's okay, Danny. I didn't like too much, anyway.
3: So Tehe went on a date and then had sex a kid. (laughs) He and (laughs) Oh God. I'm not sure what that was about.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
3: Where did Hitler come from?
1: I don't know. But he was Hitler. He is Hitler. Oh boy.
3: Next one's called Love Beyond Circuits, Love Beyond Flesh.
1: This is a long one.
3: By Comics Nix. Disclaimer from the author. Hi, people. I don't own Star Wars nor Transformers and don't make money with it. The story is situated in the beginning of Return of the Jedi before Luke Skywalker arrives, but after Leia, R2D2, and C3PO get trapped by Jabba. It tries to explain what happened in the meantime. Hope you enjoy. We will, Comics Nick. We will.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
3: Optimus Prime is entering Megatorn <laughs> secret base. The fight was vicious and the other Transformers got caught. Optimus needed to free them, then he enters Megatron King Chamber.
2: Igatcho! Free my transformer pals or Saphir. lead metal consequences.
1: AH ha, ha, ha. You will never defeat me, leader of the Otto Boys.
0: <laughs>
2: I think they opened up for the pet shop boys at one point <laughs> uh,
0: this,
1: the Decepticons will rule the galaxy
3: you will have to jump over my dead corpse Optimus ran run at Megatron's direction shooting blaster projectiles Megatron runs to a secret chamber and Optimus go behind but it's a trap Optimus gets stuck in titanium metal bar cages.
1: Now, Optimus, you will be my financier. I'll help to pay my death satellite to kill the Earth. What?
3: Megatron opened his spaceship and embarks the (laughs) jail-birded Optimus Prime. He set a course to a distant planet on a galaxy far away. After some weeks, the Megatron spaceship arrives at Tatooine. He seeks for Jabba the Hutt, who receives him. Oh, Megatron! Brought <laughs> 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 me the specimen.
1: Yes. Where's the money? Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh, here it was. Very good exchange. I hope we made.
3: For sure, Jabba.
1: Now, here, your new slave.
3: See, my job is wearing like a Google translator. That's. <laughs> Yeah, because that's normally how Jabba sounds. (laughs) Ah, I'm a robot from my collection. You will entertain my customers for some time. I'll never be your slave. You cannot control me. Yes, I can. If you try to escape, I will kill your cell companions. Jabba take Optimus to his cell. There, he finds the other prisoner Jabba was talking about.
1: Hi, I'm Leia. This is R2-D2, and this is C-3PO.
3: Hi, Leia. I'm <laughs> Optimus
2: Prime, leader of Autobots. What they are going to do?
1: Well, I don't know. Jabba said he opened a new service on Tatooine to entertain people from staying from other planets. I hope he don't kill us. If only I could contact Luke, my brother.
3: Don't be afraid, indeed, Leia. I will find a way out. They waited and talked. Leia told about the rebels, Han Solo and the Carbonite and her love for him. The next day guards wanked the prisoners. prisoners And took them to the Colosseum. It was very big and was full of aliens and people from all over the universe. Jabba speakers at an at an and microphone. Greetings there customers.
0: Welcome to the first
3: luxury multi-species coliseum of the galaxy. Here, our first slaves will have pleasures beyond imaginations and will please you too. Don't feel ashamed. Put your clothes off and jerk at will. No extra expenses are charged by cleaning the place. Toilet paper is at your right side of your chair. Kudoms are charged separately. Have safe sex, and let the show's begins. Optimus are there, looking around, seeing that multitude of people. Mm-hmm. He can do nothing. Even if he tries to fight, Jabba can kill Leia and the others. They are fragile. So he may let go of his pride and please that hauntingly audience of pedos. Oh. Oh, God. All the five slaves have micro-microphones. So what they say. The audience can enjoy... Job affirmed a contract with the customers that warnings, moanings, and profanities are a right they have, so the slaves must keep shit chatting while sodomizing one another. Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> Prime <laughs> sits on the dirty ground and wait. Leia comes near him.
1: Oh, Optimus. Sorry that we met this way.
3: Don't be
2: ashamed, Leon. <laughs> It's not our free will that approves this horrifying spectacle of pure sacrilege against flesh and circuits.
3: It will be over in some hours. Leia jumped on Primus' legs and walked to his hips.
1: (laughs) Now Optimus, show me your metal cock.
0: (laughs) Princess
3: Leia, with a moaning and whoring voice, and readily Optimus engaged into the sex-serving mode. A hatch opened, and slowly, a centricle monster of lead and gold emerged from the opening crotch gate. <laughs> it was shining, and was totally waxed. It was too big to Leia to be sexited. Forty inches of diameter, and, and, six feet of height, Jabba was not pleased. How that stupid robot can penetrate <laughs> layers now? His dick is <laughs> taller than me! Megatron fooled me! <laughs> Jabba kept thinking about a solution. Leia looked and, because the show must go on, did her <laughs> best while Jabba tries to fix the, the situation.
1: Oh, Optimus, I guess I have to tenderize your metal dick for me to fully appreciate appreciate its wonderfulness.
3: Leia,
2: your leather-clad bikini lighten up my boron buttocks.
3: <laughs> Leia rubbed with her stretched arms the metal dick up and down,
0: oh <laughs>
3: but it was dragging her skin Even if it was polished, it had no jagged edges. She needed to lubricate it.
1: Prime, do you have something good to facilitate my work?
2: Yes, my power, love. Here, have this squeezing tube. It contains graphite. (laughs) Just rub all, all, we'll be all right.
3: As Leia did it, her body got darkened by the graphite dust. But she liked it. (laughs) And masturbating Batamas got very easy and pleasurable. R2D2 approached Optimus and asked permission to land. (laughs)
2: Granted. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, my fellow cylindrical pal. You can enter my dark caves of mystery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was his. and there's his second (laughs) ringtone that he's going (laughs) to have
3: this was his first time sexting a robot he was completely virgin and was very ashamed he had to expose his intimacy in front of an audience of millions but their lives were at stake so he must swallow all of his prejudices and engage full head in this life altering experience
2: Leia, hang on
3: (laughs)
0: Leia
3: held very harder. Optimus' dick Optimus got up a bit And gave space to R2-D2 Leia was hanging on Optimus' dick While R2-D2 searched the best coordinates To penetrate <laughs> Optimus' experimental anus Oh my god
0: <laughs> I can't
3: lucky, lucky for him
0: Oh my god Primus'
3: anus was automated to adjust The best diameter for foreign objects Entering in him oh my god. R2-D2 positioned and Optimus Seated on him <laughs> R2 was shaken and frightened Optimus' anal cavity was dark and moist. <laughs> had some loose wires and was rusting from inside. He started to think sex was not made to coward robots like him. Don't be afraid. I'll
2: help you.
1: Oh boy, narrator.
3: Optimus bowels, lights got on. Everything was illuminated, and R2 okay. really saw what it really was. A beautifully adorned rectum. <laughs> full of portraits of
0: Primus's <laughs> human
3: friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, that had already visited the place oh my God. A camera appeared from a wall And photographed R2-D2 And immediately put a portrait of him On a uh, the bow wall R2-D2 got very placid and calm After he saw those happy faces On the portraits He knew Optimus would never hurt him Inside there So R2-D2 looked around And found a button It was an elevator button oh my God. That raised him up in the bowels. R2 arrived at a tight place where his metal body got stuck. It did. At first R2 got scared, but then the elevator got down and got up and down and up, making a sine wave pattern movement with (laughs) R2-D2. R2-T2 thought a bit and felt a pleasure down his electrical circuits. Anal sex is like this? At first R2-D2 wanted to go slow, but later, his inhibition got away, and the elevator got faster, and Optimus got a surprise for him. <laughs> Neon gas tubes appeared on the walls, and a range of different colors inu- illuminated inside Optimus's ass with all colors of the spectrum. And the profusion of rainbow happiness filled R2-D2 with the purest passion he never had from his robotic pairs. He was always considered the freak of the robot school. Every robot despised him because of his... Et- adventurous ambition he wanted to see the stars the other life forms he didn't want to be a hamburger frying slave all his life doing menial (laughs) tasks that no one would remember in his future no he wanted to be remembered wanted to leave a mark on history but finally he found someone robot that can see him from inside someone that wanted to please him that wants to give a hand and collect nothing in return. C-3PO is his friend, but Optimus is his lover. <laughs> <laughs> to return the favor to Optimus opening his eyes to the sexual lust all robots should have in their lives, R2-D2 started to expel small shockwaves inside Optimus' bowel, giving the Autobot the most tender demonstration of love and gratitude he had ever received in his life. This action reflected in Optimus's penis, they got slightly more en- elongated. Something that pleased Leia.
1: Optimus Prime, you are a very horny individual.
3: Oh, Leia, don't say that. Actually, this is the first time someone rubs my dick. <laughs> While rubbing Optimus's dick with her hum- hum- humid engorged bits, <laughs> Leia felt a bit sorry for that robot.
1: Oh, Optimus, you don't use your thing mu- with much frequency, do you?
2: No. It is a problem being this tall. My Autobot friends don't have sexual appetites, actually. <laughs> being the leader, I'm the only capable of maintaining sexual intercourse systems. No other Autobot have it, and being anally penetrated don't
3: really give me chills. Leia got tears in her eyes. She embraced Optimus's dick very hard, trying to consult... The lone robot, but life is not that easy. She wanted to be twenty foot tall that moment. All right, my engineers. I, is that I forgot how I did job? <laughs> All right, I'll do the job this way. All right, my engineers are going to adapt this organic penis at your crotch. This will give something more consistent in terms of action to our marvelous customers. A couple of alien men went and started to adaptate the strange alien penis to prime's body that penis was the property of a long dead alien jar jar binks to be more exact <laughs> after the jedi massacre by the lord and by the emperor and lord vader jar jar was captured when he was hiding at tatooine by jabba's bounty hunters he was tortured for a week without rest and after that time his body got quartered, and his penis was sealed inside a carbonite container. A little trophy Jabba had been saving, but his new business needed some sacrifices to be made, so now he uses Jar Jar's penis for a greater purpose. After a while, it's done. The penis is active, and Optimus can control it. His entire life, he has been praying for a small penis, (laughs) and now he has been given one, given by his owner, Jabba. Leia looked Optimus looked Optimus' eyes and smiled tenderly. The Jar Jar penis got attached on top of Optimus' metal penis. It looked like a small... phimosis. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Leia climbed his metal dick and reached the top. The moment a- finally arrived, Optimus can sex! Leia slowly put his alien monster inside her cave and prime in joy. Leia didn't even... Leia doesn't even, is feeling ashamed of showing her sexual skills in front of millions of spectators. This moment is owned by the two, so they can live it to the maximum their bodies permit. But now, they are reaching their climaxes, and Optimus didn't thought a plan on how to go away. But Leia, while sexting, looked to Optimus' eyes and made lip movements, and Prime read her lips.
1: Contact Luke. His phone number is... One, two, three, sixty-three, twenty-six, seven point
0: four, <laughs> two, four, seven hundred fifty-three
3: point one. 26, 2, 4, Optimus did. No one could know he was doing that. They had no telephone jammers at the Coliseum. While in contact with Luke Skywalker, Optimus gave him coordinates at Jabba's palace and now he could save Leia. The climax arrived. This is the moment Optimus and Leia had been waiting for. The consummation of their love and for one another, the most pleasurable experience a robot can achieve in his fight-directed existence. The Jar Jar penis is ready to go. Leia is getting tighter. R2-D2 is already oozing liquids. And then it fails. Jar Jar's penis gets flaccid, it simply failed. Leia lowered her head. All of the customers started to shout, profanize, and throw tomatoes and lettuces at the sex slaves. Jabba got angry because his plan got all wrong and everyone want their money back. But the slaves will pay. After they return inside Jabba's palace, Jabba started to talk to them. Now I'm gonna kill you all, starting by... Sir, Luke Skywalker is heading to our direction. Luke, ah, uh, the execution will wait. Come on, robots and Leia. You, Optimus, stay in the cage or Leia dies in the Sarlacc pit if I come back and don't see you. Optimus stayed at the cells. Leia told him to go away. Luke could save them, but he wanted to stay. His love for her created a strong bond between them, but no, the Otto boys are priority. He must go back and save them. <laughs> Optimus sneaked out of the palace and stole a ship and headed to Earth. While on the ship heading back, he felt something inside his pocket. It was a letter from Louis <laughs> It reads,
1: Optimus, we are in the middle of a war, and you and your companions too. But, after all of this ends, please come back. Now I know who the men of my life is. It's not Solo. It you. <laughs> <laughs> I must stay with him after you depart but if you come back my arms will be open for you love you so much Leia
3: Optimus knew he had a long battle against the Decepticons but one day he will make his woman happy one day the end
0: oh
1: my god oh my god I'm loving this next guy's name Naruto No, no, no. By Avocado Face. (laughs) Oh, take us
3: home, Jail. (sighs) He's got to drink more More beer.
1: beer.
3: (laughs) First R2-D2,
2: now Naruto. (laughs) (laughs) The Anger of Naruto by Avocado Face. (laughs) I'm so fucking angry because I'm like gay for Sasuke or Summit! Naruto screamed. He then turned into like a badger or Summit with like ten tails. Ten tails? Probably ten tails and he like continued to be angry because no one had calmed him down. He kept being angry until he was angry no more. Because after a while, he just kind of calmed down. Don't you? I mean, it's impossible to be that angry for that long just because you're a bit gay for someone. Orochi Maru and Zabuza were also there for good measure. The end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: oh
0: my Which God. was your
3: favorite?
1: Oh, I'm... I'm...
3: Silence. I,
1: I think I hate Snuggie. Snuggie, really? I think I hate Snuggie was my favorite with the commercial and shit. Um, I think I might have to robber. agree.
2: Really? I think Snuggie was really good.
1: Yeah. And Naked Robber was fun. I like Naked Robber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> we had a lot of gay ones this time.
2: <laughs> it's amazing how much... Bad sex you can write. Yes. Uh, Why do yeah. I always have to be, have the ones that like get the high-pitched, screaming, <laughs> like,
0: clock, clock. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: like the Dora one, too, because you don't see the twist at the end where Dora dies as well. Yeah. No. That's true. That totally catches you off guard. You're like, what? Yeah, that
2: was the best writing in the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh. like... Um, Vampire Hitler or whatever, <laughs> out of oh nowhere. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah,
1: Dracula Hitler.
2: Yeah, or Darkula or Darkula. however
1: It's amazing <laughs> how many times
2: you can write a name or a word right in these things, like how they do that, and then the next thing you know, it's written
1: like a million times crap. wrong.
3: Right? Yeah, but so, but your brain corrects it sometimes, and yeah, you're right. like you read it, like
2: you read it, and you know it. You should be saying the, but it says ta. T- <laughs> yeah, but you still read the because you know what you'd be saying the. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think on the Princess Leia Optimus Prime one, I think it kept saying instead of customers, I think it was costumers.
3: Yeah, I think it was customers too, but I couldn't. But I, I expected it the first that time. You would
1: know what they're what yeah. it's supposed to be.
3: Yeah. At
2: least Except one time it Sam. said costumers.
1: Yeah, at least for Sam, I, sometimes I had no idea what the hell was going on. I don't, I don't... know what was
2: being said there. No, I have no idea Sam. what that was about at all.
0: Hooty, <laughs> <laughs> Written by <this laughs> <movie> show. <laughs>
2: show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Stim Phantom.
3: Well, why don't we uh, re uh, yeah. revisit this beer cooler?
1: J.L.A. no Never
0: gonna wait. Never gonna wait. Never went away. Never went away. Get corner. Boom.
3: Perfect. <coughs> All right. Well, I want to go first. But because... what is it? Oh, yeah. What is this? It
2: is from Goose Island Solo. Their diet IPA with 98 calories and
3: 3% ABV. I think my head hurts from reading so poorly. Yeah. Um, it's a six. This is a slam dunk. Um there is none of that ipa finish um it has great taste and it's less calories (laughs) isn't that somebody else's beer slogan yeah (laughs) yeah but this is really really good i'm sorry that laura missed this one um i think she might like it i would definitely drink this on the regular this is total six if you now on the opposite side of this if you are an ipa fan i don't know if you're gonna like this because it's not as harsh or as on top of your it's taste not buds, as hoppy yeah yeah as a normal ipa is this is really drinkable and smooth and a uh, quick finish uh, sabrina um
1: it's very it, it is very drinkable i thought it had like a a little bit of a a weird aftertaste almost like you would get after like a uh, like a almost like a diet soda type of a yeah um but for the most part it's really smooth i mean you can easily drink six i mean i would have preferred something like a little stronger personally but no overall it's it's not a bad it's not a bad beer yeah if you were if you were like dieting or or just something looking for low cal it would be a a great choice um over some of the other low calorie beers that are out there by far i mean
3: did you give it a rating
1: i don't know if i did
2: no, you didn't. Um. <laughs> I've been anxiously yeah. waiting a number.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is like I could easily drink six, but I don't know if I'd want to drink six. I'd, I'd give it a four just because I think I'd want something a little bit more full-bodied.
2: Four is still pretty good. Yeah. All right, beer master. I love it. I think it's a good traditional IPA, very light, has a nice crisp taste to it and all that. You still get some mild hoppiness in there. I think it's a great alternative for those low-calorie beers that are out there. You know, it's finally something where instead of it just being like, here, this is low-calorie with no flavor, this, you get some flavor to it. Yeah. So, personally, I would drink this a lot. This is six. I think it's a good summertime beer. Great on those nice warm days where you want something that's cool, refreshing, with some flavor. And I
3: do. I like it. It's very good. Yeah, I, I really like this. We should save one for Laura. So, before the show, I was like, oh, well, you can take those with you home. But now I'm like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I right. should leave some. Where, where can you find the show?
1: Ah. Um, you can catch up with us on Facebook at the official Podcast 42 Facebook page. We're on Spreaker, iTunes, and iHeartRadio, and... Everywhere. Everywhere you can find a podcast. We're there. You can um, add to our webpage. We've got a podcast42show.wordpress.com. You can also email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. That's 42 numerically, not alphanumerically. Uh, You can call or text us, send us a text message, uh, 321-285-5512. We are also on Patreon. Um, so if you enjoy what what we do, you can find us on Patreon under uh, Podcast Forty Two. Uh, we would love to have some patrons on there. Uh, we do have some outtake shows and fun stuff like that.
3: Unedited shows.
1: Unedited shows. You get real um, behind
3: the scenes on that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was a uh, there was there was a lot going on behind the scenes there. Uh, we're part of the Podfix Network, so you can find us on there as well, along with some other great podcasts. Um, our artwork is by Cute Panda. They can find Cute Panda for commissions on Facebook. And then our theme music is by Cremo. And you can find more music on Cremo.net.
3: All right, excellent. Well, another fan fiction theater in the bag. I think it was very <laughs> successful. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: never going to look at Hogwarts the same again.
3: As the tentacle goes t- through the window.
2: I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep into the hollow oh, ground of Hogwarts. As he
2: prematurely
3: inked. <laughs> <laughs> well oh I'm Christopher DeVos.
1: I'm Sabrina Pierre.
3: Jail Trost. Stay fresh, cheese bags.
1: Catch you on the flippity blob. I still don't have a catchphrase. Catchphrase. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
3: Not all conversations or events are 100% accurate. As if you didn't figure that out already. But things are changed or added or even deleted for the sake of attempted comedy. All sources are never verified and all information is subject to being slightly sketchy. In other words, we are just having some fun. Thank you for listening. King Phoenix crawled away in desperation like slug. He crawled into toothbrush aisle where toothbrush and toothpaste were, and took big fat tube of toothpaste. He squirted toothpaste on the floor in shape of woman. He then collapsed on toothpaste woman, wriggling and wrangling, trying to make love to toothpaste woman, but not able, for toothpaste woman was not woman at all, but just toothpaste. He cried again licking toothpaste and then crawled out of store. <laughs> I've done that. Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix crawled to his Hollywood home squealing like weasel crawling on broken glass. He came to the door and entered. He crawled to couch and flopped on on like fish in ocean of dust. He wanted to forget all he turned on TV for nighttime entertainment. Television, my friend, grant me freedom. Do not betray me like all things. Joaquin Phoenix turned on his window. King Phoenix turned on his window into the world of visual entertainment. The television flickered on, and TV host in suit bellowed with deep voice.
2: Hello, all there out in TV land. Welcome to hot ladies, heavy metal, and lasagna. America's most favorite game show. Here, have our contestants.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
0: He's right. <laughs>
3: he pointed to hundreds of hot, sexy ladies who honored themselves and their lives' ambitions, such as eating lasagna and finding right good men to pleasure them. Joaquin Phoenix did not like this show, Hot Ladies, Heavy Metal, and Lasagna, very much. He preferred awkward girls drink soup to Genesis. <laughs> with an invisible touch.
0: <laughs>
3: and now, of course, our one and only judge, the man himself, Garfield. He put into radiant figure who sat on throne of silk and steel with legs crossed without effort. The figure drank brandy from wine glass and smoked lasagna cigarette. He wore a suede vest and gator skin, skin pants. He winked at camera with coolness and froze space. First pass
2: is, of course, night with Garfield that will change
3: womanhood forever. Now, begin the eating! The TV host's face dripped with sweat and eyes bulged from, head, from intensity. The ladies then began to eat lasagna with sensual, sensuality, licking lips and smothering bodies with steaming red sauce. The ladies were judged on quickness, sexiness, and expression on face and firmness of body. Garfield sat back and enjoyed the show, sipping brandy and nodding with approval as hundreds of sexy ladies ate lasagna for his pleasure. As sexy ladies ate their lasagna, cameras zoomed in, and rock and heavy metal played with shredding guitars and rocking vocals. Scorpions and Dio played as hot visions of womanhood feasted on lasagna nutrition. Camera zoomed on mouths filled with red, wet lasagna for sexy effects. Sauce and cheese dripped down lips, turning on everyone's engines. Some ladies began dancing around guitar and drum set. Garfield smirked with approving. Now it's time to select winner. Camera zoomed in on Garfield's chiseled face. His eyes were cold with thought like frozen lakes. His lips opened and mouth moved.
2: I think I am winner, and when I win, all ladies win. Come on, my chicken patties, follow me to bedroom play pad.
0: (laughs)
3: Another pickup line for you. (laughs) All ladies applauded at the wise decision. TV host nearly fainted at fairness of Garfield's decree. (laughs) army of scantily clad ladies followed Garfield up red carpeted staircase to his bedroom and cameras followed, ready to capture all the action for world to see. Golden doors opened and the man entered the bedroom. The floor was covered with bear and tiger carpets, engaged in internal struggle and walls and ceiling were mirrors
2: time give you ladies first prize it is gift that keeps on giving
3: the undying flame of my manhood garfield unzipped his leopard pants to unseal the beast <laughs> that never sleeps
1: <laughs> is
2: everybody <laughs> else getting a visual of Odie as the cameraman with his tongue just sticking out watching this whole thing <laughs>
1: Where's John in all this? Where's John?
3: <laughs> He's the director.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the narrator.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Garfield jumped into Lady Pile and thrust his pleasure pike into yawning mouths and women oh craters, making them scream with glee. Garfield and ladies
0: <laughs> became one,
3: molding into a mass of liquid love and fleshy meat. Time to spice it up.
1: <laughs> Garfield
3: pulled a hidden rope. Oh my god. <laughs> at rope pulling hidden buckets of spilled lasagna into love fest, <laughs> making hot sweaty mats of red Turned into
2: a white snake video.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Figures caked in lasagna like flame shadows danced and writhered into each other, squishing and squashing and making hot sexy love. Reflections on mirrors distorted and made illusions of prismatic glory and scene was too much for Joaquin Phoenix's mad mind to take. No more. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix tried to turn off TV with a m- remote, but TV would not answer his cries, and its screen was wide with smile as it laughed with silent mockery. The moans of Garfield's explosion of erotic ecstasy echoed from TV like squeals of ghost pigs rolling in mud in Midnight Hour. Joaquin, I actually edited this too. So.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I know.
3: Joaquin Phoenix. What? Yeah. <laughs> I took out as much as I could <laughs> and still had it made sense. While King Phoenix took TV in fit of rage and tossed it against the wall. But he still saw images of Garfield making sexy, sweet, sweet love to ladies while nope. covered sweat, 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 sweet, sweet sweat. sweat. Sweet sweat love to ladies while covered in wet blanket of lasagna. He collapsed on floor and crawled into bed, hoping he would escape waking nightmare and slumber dreams while king phoenix fell into sleep and darkness swam through his mind he descended an endless abyss still lying on bed but surrounded by quickening darkness in front of him and saw it was mirror in mirror a manly orange face stared back at him with eyes of stoic lasagna he screamed, and walls blew away, and floor sank into nothingness, and Joaquin Phoenix was standing in desert of red. Sand of ruby diamonds sparkled under his feet. Rain by the cult started playing. <laughs> oh my Music rocking from back black desert sky. He stumbled forward into red wasteland, sand blistering feet like newly cooked lasagna. He stumbled into a pyramid. Joaquin Phoenix followed path of flickering torches and came to great chamber with paintings on walls paintings of Garfield and scenes of heroism. One painting was of Garfield battling mechanical menace in deepness of space. Other painting was of Garfield saving lovely princesses from evil princes. Another painting showed Garfield saving Christmas from forces of darkness, and others still showed Garfield delivering justice to Nazis and redcoats in name of America. At center of chamber was great sarcophagus, shaped like manly figure with chiseled muscles. Sarcophagus that opened and light streamed out like Diamond River, Rooms spiraled around, and Joaquin Phoenix fell to ground like bowling pin. He looked up, saw sarcophagus glow like scarlet sun. Inside was world of cleansing flame. It was fire that ended and gave life. It was fire of Phoenix. I am Phoenix, and I will be reborn. Oof.
2: <laughs> yeah, you still got more. Yep. I
3: didn't, <laughs> didn't realize it was this long. <laughs> While King Phoenix leaped into flaming fire while King Phoenix opened his eyes and stared at Funhouse mirror at ceiling, but reflection was straight and pristine like Badger. Fresh from morning breakfast, his bed was swamp of cold sweat. But his heart was dry with purpose. He stood up with bare feet, marched to bathroom made of marble, in bathroom, he stared at mirror and scoffed with mockery at face, that stared back. He clenched fist and smashed it into the mirror, shattering into shards that soared to ground like crystal birds. He took one large shard with clenched fist blood dripping from palm. He stared into cracked remains of mirror, took shard to face, and slashed at it with termination and ferocity. He slashed his feeble face until he saw a mirror resemblance to chiseled face of masculine perfection that was Garfield. He then took off cotton shirt that was wet with sweat and dirty with guilt to reveal a pathetic flabby stomach. Joaquin Phoenix scowled with scorn and took glass in hand. He slashed at stomach and pattern to imitate Garfield's stone cold six pack. Joaquin Phoenix then took can of orange paint hidden under sink and dumped it on bleeding body. He smeared orange paint all over self, mixing with fresh and drying blood. He put finger covered in paint and blood in mouth and sucked like baby seal on pacifier of ice. He flexed an admired body dripping in orange and red. He then heard phone ring from bedroom and returned drip drops of red and orange following footsteps. He picked up phone with sternness. All fear was gone and dead to dust.
1: Joaquin Phoenix, this is your agent. You must go to Jay Leno, Funny Man TV show host for interview.
3: Joaquin Phoenix is dead. Garfield killed him. He then smashed phone on table with mighty crunch. Time to put Leno in kennel. (laughs) He went to bedroom and reached under bed to take out Case, and Case was special cap gun of gleaming silver. My trusty desert eagle, you never failed me. Let us cook some Leno to feed to dogs in hell. Joaquin Phoenix drove to Leno Studios in orange Corolla that needed gas. He parked front and walked in with determined feet. In studio was Jay Leno by desk, sitting on chair, and studio audience sitting in audience chairs for viewing pleasure. In audience was sweaty fat man, who tired of the weight and felt world's burden on his shoulder as he watched the funny man Leno's stupid face. Audience gasped with shock as Joaquin Phoenix stumbled in like drunk, bumbler droplets of drying blood and orange paint sputtering to floor in crusty globs. He wore brown cotton pants with turtle shell codpiece.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Other guests sitting on couch
3: were Margaret Robbie, celebrity, Scarlett Johansson, celebrity, and Jennifer Lawrence, a celebrity. They sat wearing sexy dresses and everyone enjoyed. Joaquin Phoenix strode like loping leopard to couch with eyes like frozen steel and sat nearest to Jay Leno, who put on his funny man face. The sweaty, fat man in back row was filled with confusion. His stomach rolled with contempt and sweaty, fat face twisted in scowl. You're looking uh, unusual today, Joaquin Phoenix. Did you cut yourself checking oven? joke Jay Leno with joke that could only make idiot or madman <laughs> laugh. Audience sat in silence and sweaty fat man bit lip in disgust. Joaquin Phoenix is dead. I killed him for I am mighty Garfield. His stare stabbed into Jay Leno's empty eyes like spear. Jay Leno looked at audience with uncomfortable eyes and laughed with fakery.
2: Oh, <laughs> you are the kidder. If you are Garfield, I am handsome roast beef. <laughs>
3: said J. Leno (laughs) with funny man words. Ladies on couch chuckled, but Joaquin Phoenix sat like Spinks, silent and proud. Finally, after eons that felt like days, Joaquin Phoenix's lips moved like wet worms, and words oozed out like pus. You speak language of fools, understood by kings and jackals. Jay Leno shook his head with confusion and grinned stupid grin. He made funny noises in an effort to make humor. A king is jackal with a man's head. Jay Leno said nothing but put on a funny face to try to lighten mood. He stuck out tongue and pouted cheeks. The sweaty fat man looked on in disgusted rage. The sweaty drops poured out of his face. Joaquin Phoenix looked to audience and saw the sweaty fat man, their eyes locked like lasers. And Joaquin Phoenix stared into fat, sweaty drops that poured from the sweaty, fat man-like waterfall. He saw that each sweaty drop contained universe of its own, and saw in each universe a trillion souls screamed. Joaquin Phoenix turned back to Jay Leno and saw his head was now Pig's Head. The Pig Head Man laughed with lusty squeals, and lobster crawled out of snout and jumped into pot of boiling water that sat on floor by his feet. Joaquin Phoenix then turned to celebrity ladies who sat next to him. He saw they were three heads attached to one body, and heads talked and laughed. Their necks were tentacles that coiled and wrapped in embrace, scaly skin rubbing against one another, making scraping noises. Enough! I will take sexy ladies with me. We will make hard-style lovemaking. What nonsense are you speaking? Joaquin Phoenix saw that his pig head was now split open down-center, and Mantis sat on top, picking at and eating brain with sickles. Still, he laughed and squealed. I am taking ladies. We will eat lasagna and make loves, lovings like powerful titans. Joaquin saw the Scarlett Johansson head and Jennifer Lawrence head sharing luscious green apple in their jaws, chomping and chewing and licking. Their tongues wrapped around apple and each other. The Margaret Robbie had laid on satin pillow, dreaming nightmares that he could not stop seeing. Joaquin Phoenix pulled out Capgut and pointed it at Jay Leno. Do not interfere with my plans! Joaquin Phoenix screeched like unwise owl. He snatched Lady Creature by the arm and dragged it with him out to Orange Corolla. Ladyheads hissed and laughed as they were dragged into Corolla. I will show you majesty of my love palace! Joaquin Phoenix sat... Joaquin Phoenix, sad with hysteria, sexy Lady B screeched and hissed with sultry sexuality. while Joaquin Phoenix thrust Key with power into car to command it into action. He it did not move, but Joaquin Phoenix heard voice purr from engine.
2: Joaquin Phoenix, where would you like to be going?
3: I would recommend beach, said Orange Corolla in gentle purring voice like Kitten, massaged by Feather. No, go home! I think we should
0: go to beach.
3: Yes, let us go to beach, chimed in Jennifer Lawrence. No, no, go to home. You will regret this decision. Orange Corolla drove them through the city that seemed to melt and burn. Sky was black with fire that made Joaquin Phoenix sweat like schoolboy locked in coffin. His car purred and moaned like cat in love. Finally, they reached house, which now looked 40 stories tall, and was grand palace fit for real man. Joaquin Phoenix stepped with feet and moved like man who walked like professional. He took ladies into Grand Palace filled with gold and lasagna. Halls twisted and turned, and ceilings were high as sky. Rivers of lasagna flowed through halls, and lasagna waterfalls fell from <laughs> guided walls. While King Phoenix led Lady Beast into main hall chest, puffed and head high like kite. At center of main room was massive bed shaped like male symbol. And at head of bed on marble pedestal was a giant statue of the man Garfield in post of manly splendor, fist clenched, justice oozing through fingers like sea slug. Joaquin's eyes teared at sight of a manly statue, and he knelt on one knee. I am you I am Garfield Joaquin cried to heavens, with voice trembling with ghost of dying hope. I thought Joaquin had a smaller part.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> then suddenly, statue trembled and shook, it cracked and crumbled and gray shattering to reveal manly orange. Scarfield flexed mighty muscles and statue bits exploded off like stars bursting from planets. Scarfield stepped off pedestal and went on floor while King Phoenix looked up in awe. He saw that his palace was no longer palace of gold and lasagna. But again, filthy home of viceful deceit. He saw that three headed lady monster was now again sexy actresses of beauty who looked with eyes like lustful saucers at Garfield. And bed of manly majesty, majesty was again barren mattress stained with regret. But I am you! I am Garfield! Garfield shook mighty head that was like sun shaking moon. But I, I didn't all. I have ladies and lasagna. Look at my majesty! Garfield's eyes burned and glowed of manly knowledge, and he shook mighty head again.
2: The measure of man is not ladies he loves or lasagna he eats, but justice he dispenses. Res- remember this as your soul
3: explodes to hell. I see now. <laughs> <laughs> Walking Phoenix said eyes filled with tears that cried tears of their own. Garfield stared into Joaquin Phoenix's watery eyes, and his eyes burned with fire hotter than Lasagna's sun. The eye fire seared into Joaquin Phoenix's soul, and it exploded like Thanksgiving Day fireworks. What? <laughs> <laughs> the last thing Joaquin Phoenix eyes saw was Garfield making love like tractor trailer to hot, sexy actresses on his bed. He saw Garfield drive his man might into waiting ladies like golf cart being driven into sand with roughness and with his sensuality sexuality. Joaquin Phoenix saw Garfield pleasure ladies, and he smiled and gave thumbs up as his soul exploded into fiery oblivion. The end? (laughs) Quick author's note. If Joaquin Phoenix is reading this and wants to make a movie out of my story, that would be okay. Quick author's note number two. If Jennifer Lawrence, Margaret Robbie, and Scarlett Johansson are reading this and would like to date me, that would be okay. Author's dose number three. (laughs) If Jay Lono is reading this and would like to invite me on his show, that would be okay.
1: (laughs) This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great
0: Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.